sweet world and welcome to the no dunks podcast on the athletic network it's monday june 15th i'm jd skeets and joining us thanks to the power of technology tass mellis hey everybody hey tassie we got the bearded one trey kirby hey yo hey yo we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max lee ellis friends last but not least making the magic happen jd hello there he is and here we are Guys, email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. You know we'll be beach-stepping it up midweek once again, so get those cues and the comments in. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at nodunksinc. Congrats, Lee, on finally landing Kenny Anderson for yes. Pop and Pax. It took a while, but you got him on there yesterday. Yes, it took a little bit uh, longer than I thought. It wasn't the conventional time either, Sunday around lunchtime, but uh, that was when Mr. Chips was available, and uh, that's when we got it done. So he did really well. He he really nailed it when it came to um, the clues about the guys' colleges. That's where he really cleaned up. So uh, he did a good job. Okay, great. We'll check that out. That's up uh, on our Instagram page, at No Dunks Inc. And you know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Okay, guys, we've got some uh, NBA headlines, some NBA news to break down here on a Monday. Um, Things kicked off on Friday night. So I'll use this headline to get us going and discuss the situation, but there's been a lot written about it over the last couple of days. Sports Illustrated report. Kyrie Irving calls for players to skip NBA's Orlando return. Yes, over the weekend, stars like Kyrie and Dwight Howard and others, they question if now is the right time to go to Orlando and play, saying it would or could stall the momentum of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, However, LeBron has sort of championed before return to play, saying, you know, players can impact social justice movements from Florida while playing. So everybody's got an opinion on this, especially the messenger in Kyrie Irving. But Tass, uh, what did you think? Again, hearing reports of this call, this Zoom meeting on Friday night, and what we've learned in the last couple of days from the league and from the players and the union and all that. I think people need to just get past the Kyrie Irving part. Just get over it. He is the headline for sure, but get past those 12 words. And you see that it's a bunch of guys just trying to maximize this movement, trying to maximize the moment. They're trying to ride that wave as high as that crest can go they're whipping that wave and i think that's what's the most important they just don't want to lose momentum by playing Mm -hmm. so they're having a talk about it they're having a talk Kyrie gets the headlines and if you don't read into it maybe you don't know that hall of famers are on the call like chris paul and carmelo anthony and dwight howard or you know middle of the road guys who are helping out this protest and getting on the streets like malcolm brogdon or white players like zach collins so all these players are trying to be like-minded and are trying to understand what the heck do we do here? Because that's far more important, this movement, than playing some games. And it's just a conversation. People can hate on Kyrie all they want, but they're just trying to make things better. And it's a lot of the NBA was on that call. From varied reports, 20 to 25%, mm-hmm. basically, of the entire NBA. And that's important. I think what it's going to come to is the NBA and players probably talking about how we do this together, how we put together some sort of exhibition on the court some sort of display on the court or or some sort of event or multiple events or Mm -hmm. you know i think this is just uh, another stepping stone to trying to get things better Uh, some western conference player put it i'm not as interested in him as the messenger than i am in the message according Mm -hmm. to espn and i think 
That's what's important. And I and I think I don't. You said it happened Friday night skates. I was in a Saturday morning daze when I was reading all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think another quote that came out of this was Kyrie saying, "You know what? If you guys want to go play, let's go play." And then that seemed to get erased from articles, unless I was in a Saturday morning days. But I'm 99% positive that was I thought it. it existed too. Yeah, yeah. So, And somehow it's deleted. So Kyrie may be controlling this message you know, to some degree. Maybe he wants to be looked at as the guy who's going up against the system, going up against the, uh, the machine, maybe. But at, at the end of the day, I think what Dwight said, basically saying, this is more important than basketball. And that's really what it comes down to. And I'm glad I'm not seeing things because that actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think um, Kyrie is doing what he's supposed to do in his role here with the NBPA, NBA P- Players Association because I think in some ways a lot of the players felt that this uh, proposal that the league put together came together pretty quickly and wasn't thought out with all the details as far as players' health and safety and, and about the payments as well and things like that and endorsements. And I think Kyrie's just sort of pushing back a little bit and wants to get clarity on some of those issues, as well as obviously the the bigger point here, the bigger factor is, is the Black Lives Matter movement, which is uh, mm-hmm. obviously something we don't want to just we don't want to yet use basketball to distract us from that because that's a much bigger, more important cause. So um, I think Kyrie's right in in what he's trying to do is just trying to get some answers and some um, more direction from the league. But uh, you know, as soon as someone says Kyrie Irving, people start to try to ridicule or mock him because he said things about the Earth being flat in the past. But that's got nothing to do with what he's doing here. He's just trying to bring more attention to uh, getting the details right and also understanding that basketball shouldn't be, you know, I think he's implying that that people are sort of seeing that the uh, predominantly black players going out there to try to distract from what else is going on and he wants that to not be the case. He wants it to be about, you know, black black uh, lives matters first and then the basketball comes second. So um, I think I think there's going to be some more discussion in the next week or so as the league and the players try to figure out exactly how the best way to do this bubble, if it goes ahead, uh, continues. And Kyra's just trying to uh, make sure that things are done properly. Yeah, Michelle Roberts has said since that she has urged each player to make his own decision on whether it feels appropriate or comfortable to play because it is such a personal decision for each player. That's from a Woj yeah. article yesterday, and I think that's exactly right. These are questions that needed to be asked. These are opinions that need to be heard and issues that need to be discussed, you know, um, and that to me is the fact of the matter. And the only criticism I would have at all is that it happened after approving um, the plan to come back for a 22-team restart, but, you know, the players also didn't have all of the details for a safety plan and you know things change in the course of 2 days let alone a week so i'm yeah. not i'm not surprised that you know players could get on a call and as woj uh, described it at one point it was more of a Q&A of the way things would work maybe they shouldn't have held the vote right then uh, clearly not everything had been discussed and these are all important things that Kyrie that Dwight Howard that Avery Bradley are leading all of these players, these are all things that must be discussed before they're able to figure it out. Um, you would have liked to see them having these discussions prior to signing off on restarting. That being said, I don't think that discussing all of this necessarily means that they can't restart or that they won't restart. It's just going to come down to which players feel comfortable, what kind of risks they're willing to uh, to endure to be playing basketball, and the way that they feel they can make the biggest difference in their communities. It's going to be individual for everybody, which is probably the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we got to make this clear, too. The league is not forcing any players to go play. They're not. They have said right from the jump, you know, 
They're allowing the players to choose if they want to participate in this restart. And if you voluntarily sit out, yeah, you could lose a portion of your salary, um, but you would not face any other consequences. You know, you're not going to be dropped from the team or something like that. It is up to you. It's a personal decision. And not all of these guys in the league are all going to agree, and nor should they. That's the weirdest thing about this. And you know what? Maybe we're, we're to blame, you know, the media, I say, um, a little bit because... We get the news from last week or whatever it was, I guess really sort of two weeks ago now, where, yeah, they had the call with the reps and it's like, hey, we're good to go. 28 to 0 vote. We, we're, we're in on restarting. And everyone's like, all right, NBA season's back. Trey Kirby's reading the facts uh, printout, you know? It's <laughs> back, baby. And everybody's excited because we're like, oh, yeah, this looks like it's going to happen. But, yeah, they didn't know the details yet. And so it's totally normal. It's totally fine that they're like, wait, 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 let's ha- let's really hash this out. And I'm not uncomfortable with this, um, be it societal issues going on and whether that'll take a back seat um, when the NBA comes back. Health issues, of course. Like, first off, actually contracting the virus and trying to do have enough protocols to keep that not from happening. Oh, what about mental health issues too? I mean, you're asking people to just be sort of locked up inside and... Some people are over that, obviously, as we've seen in Sun States. Uh, for like three months and just like show up to the gym, play basketball, go back and hang out. And uh, maybe you can golf. <laughs> so it's like there's that too. Um, and then there's financial issues, of course. I mean, these guys have to decide like giving up money um, because they want to put their safety first or other things that are, of course, important to them first. So there's like all of this up in the air. It'd almost be weirder if these calls didn't happen, in my opinion. And the biggest thing from Friday night I tweeted this out. I was like retweeting a couple things Zach Harper was was writing about. People responding to him. It just like it felt like, and maybe this was just like, oh wow, I forgot about NBA Twitter and <laughs> just how uh, how crazy it can be and how opinionated, of course, it can be and just insane insanity it can be. It was like making it feel like July thirtieth was like starting this weekend. This is still what are we six and a half weeks um, from July thirtieth? This is actually so far still, and I get it. Guys got to come back from their countries in quarantine. There's going to be, you know, meeting of camps soon and all that. Like, eventually you're like, okay, are we doing this? Because the, the, the ball is moving here now. But it's still a long way away is my point. It wasn't like, it was making it just seem like, uh-oh, Kyrie and Dwight, they say, I don't know if I want to do this for their reasons. And everyone's like, well, so much for that. Season's over now. Now they're not going to play. <laughs> like, it wasn't starting this weekend. It's so far mm. in, in advance. So, yeah, I, I'm happy they're doing this. And it's a good thing that it's six and a half weeks from now because things actually can grow upon these zoom meetings and things can get established and and maybe again this would be an unprecedented i think uh relationship between the nba and the mbpa to somehow put on something specific whether it's eliminating the national anthem i don't know or or some sort of display uh you know something that they're sort of in unison with the players and doing something. We have lots of time to figure that out. And I understand, so Trey said, yeah, one criticism is they did this, or Kyrie brings this up after they agreed. And that's that's totally true. I, I But I, now looking at it, uh, yeah, I, I understand Kyrie, according to Woj, asked when they did sign, uh, when they agreed, he said his questions were, could he sit in the stands to cheer on his teammates because he's likely injured he asked if he could sit in a sauna for his rehab he was he was trying to understand all the details so people look at that and say oh Kyrie's trying to be cool here and trying to be sort of anti the machine I don't care when it comes down to it they're doing something positive this is a positive meeting everybody on a call uh, to discuss what the hell we do uh, in this situation it's unprecedented so that's why to me you can 
just expect everything to be unprecedented. And if they come back a week later and Kyrie leads this movement or talks with players, it's a good thing. And there's there's so many slightly positive things happening with police forces where police forces are sort of being reformed in some cities, police officers being fired. There's disgusting things like Rayshard Brooks being uh, murdered here in Atlanta. But there are some things that they want to ride upon. They want to keep things moving. And, and this even sort of this little thing that happened over the weekend, the guys getting on a Zoom call overrides like LeBron starting um, an organization called More Than a Vote, where he's trying to inform yeah. people how you get to the ballot box and how you actually get to vote and the things that are being uh, forced upon you to not vote. And and so that's the cool. That's that's a really cool thing that LeBron did. And that's that sort of kind of goes under the wire. But Nobody cares about voting. People care about Zoom calls. But in the end, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that guys are talking. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. And I actually think it is really great to hear that Kyrie is organizing these calls. And I like the encouragement that Mello is offering all the young guys saying, hey, we're all in the union together. The union is supposed to protect all of us, which means we need to hear from you, Mo Bamba, a guy that I haven't really thought a whole bunch about. But if he has opinions about the season restarting, then we need to hear his opinions too. His opinions are just as important as people who are on the leadership. So there needs to be somebody in the union who is speaking for the quote unquote rank and file players. And if it's Kyrie Irving, despite the fact that he said that, you know, do your own research on whether or not the earth is flat, I think what he's doing is right here. Well, let me read um, a small portion of an email we got from a No Dunks fan here, Corey. And I, I think it's at least fair to get out there because I know I'm sure people listening to this are maybe rolling their eyes at maybe even what we're saying or backing up Kyrie because people have opinions about Kyrie Irving and they just like think, yeah, you know, I don't know about this guy. And here I'll read what Corey said. I've gone back and forth between thinking Kyrie is an annoying troll, bracket flat earth Kyrie, to being impressed with his activism, bracket standing rock Kyrie. His latest exploits leave me just as perplexed. Is Kyrie really advocating that the players would have a larger platform to speak out on social justice by not going to Orlando? Is he being altruistic or hiding selfish motives? Has he not thought it through all the way, or does he get it better than anybody else? And I, I think that does sum up, again, how a lot of people maybe uh, are confused with a guy like Kyrie Irving. Um, and it's like, where does, he, where does he really stand? And I think we're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Why wouldn't you? But there are definitely people who are like, no. He's just, like you said, Taz, he just wants to, like, gum up the machine here and just make a scene and it's all about him, which I don't believe, but I think people think that, that it's, like, again, that hiding selfish motive. Yeah. Well, imagine, though, he didn't say anything and things went to Orlando and they went really badly and people would say, well, where was the leadership? You know, where was these right. guys Can't pushing back? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think Kyrie's doing the right thing by by not making it um, smooth and easy for, for everybody is not to just sort of dust up, you know, cause trouble. It's to say, listen, get these things right, though, before we go down there, because we're risking not only our health for this coronavirus, but again, if players come back and they, they haven't, um, they're not ready to go and they get injured, then that could potentially affect their future earnings as well. So I, I think Kyrie um, absolutely deserves the benefit of the doubt in this situation that, that he's trying to protect as many players as he can for the right reasons. I, I mean, people pointed out that Kyrie earns, you know, a significant salary more than most players in the league. And so it's easier for him to take a stance of potentially not playing and missing out on money. But mm-hmm. I don't really think that's his motivation. I think he's looking at, at, at the bigger picture of the entire health 
of the NBA players now and for future generations that, you know, they, that any time the league makes a suggestion, and I know it was voted on, but th- that doesn't mean that the players can't ever speak up or push back or question exactly what's going on to make mm-hmm. sure everything is done with the best interests of the players in mind. Let's let's get back to the emailer here too because uh, he just he says I assume it's a he I didn't get his name it's Corey yeah Corey right um, Corey assumes that the players would have a bigger platform in Orlando because there'd be the more more eyeballs on them but can't right. you also see the other perspective that we start watching bas- watching every single game and we start to have the real issues kind of fade to the background that, that could definitely happen. Yeah. I, at yeah. least, what are these? I think are both could aren't... both could happen for sure. Yeah, right. So uh, they're they're discuss- what they're discussing is not the most eyeballs. Yeah, sure. I guess that's going to happen in Orlando, but they're discussing real change, actual policy things being done, which are which are happening right now. So they're trying to say we can't lose this momentum. It's it's not about basketball, and so uh, I don't know. I still assume they're going to play. Um, and it's just like, there's just so much time. So we're, we're, you know, we can talk about this every week, but I just hope that they can continue to, to continue to make the changes that are actually happening or to, 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 to jump on the changes and to, to make them happen in different cities and, and in different ways. And, uh, this, there's just a bigger picture out there. And just to get back to Kyrie for one second, Carmelo Anthony said something very similar on Thursday to Ernie Johnson, which we briefly mentioned on our Friday NBA Bubbles prediction podcast. But when Melo says, you know, it doesn't feel right to go play right now. Right. It's just Melo is in the favor of every single NBA fan right now. This isn't two years ago. Maybe people would would have jumped on that comment then. But because Melo is well-liked right now, nobody cares. But he did say something very similar. And maybe Kyrie worded it perfectly for the headline in a Kyrie like way sure maybe he wanted this to be a Kyrie like message out there that it goes down in his his history of Kyrie Irving quotes sure but at the end of it it's a good thing that they uh, they all know how to operate zoom and they got on there and they had they had a talk yeah I mean, luckily uh, they didn't have Kenny Anderson on this Zoom call. It would have never happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eventually, eventually they would have got there. Oh, eventually, eventually. Did, yeah. did we see? Uh, did we see uh, Kyrie Irving's username on Zoom there? Oh, uh, yeah, Kai Irving. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Kai Irving is what he got. That's what it says on the little bottom corner of his screen. Kai Irving, the meeting's host. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it is a fascinating uh, thought experiment. If LeBron has come, if LeBron is the headline here, if LeBron says exactly what Kyrie said, um, how is this? Uh, how, at least, what do the fans think of it? Does they have a differing opinion on it? I'm, you know, there are a lot of LeBron haters out there, so I'm sure there's just as many going, come on, get back to work. Uh, what are you talking about? But it is definitely because it's Kyrie Tess. Like, 100% a lot of this, you know, blowback, I think. Um, because a lot of people are like, you've, you guys, all for all the reasons you guys have said, like, one, you already agreed to it. Kyrie, you were involved in that. Now, why all, what changed, right? Oh, yeah, you're not even playing, <laughs> is the other part we haven't brought up, which some people have a problem with, this idea, like, well, Kyrie, you're not even going to be playing, um, so, huh? Like, what, like, why are you the leader of this movement? That sits weird with some people for whatever reason. And then, yeah, his past comments and uh, fascinating uh, takes on things that a lot of people disagree with, uh, flat out. Um, flat out, nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I really do think if it's someone else, I, I think this is a weird case where we shouldn't be shooting the messenger here. 
But people are going to just because it's Kyrie because they have such strong opinions about him um, before he says something like this. And kudos to Sham Sharanya, Sam Amick, and Woj as well, getting those stories out. Bang, 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 just like that. that well, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give kudos, and I don't think it's Woj because I'm sure he's not writing his own headlines. But whoever comes up. Painting paints Kyrie in a bad light with calling him basically the disruptor, right? In mm-hmm. that one headline, I thought that. See, that to me is a little. And again, I don't. I'm not putting that on Woj. I'm. I'm assuming it's just some ESPN employee that's writing that headline. But was that needed? I mean, that helps, uh, you know, form opinions for people who don't even read the article, right? They just see the headline, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, he's disrupting. What do you, but you could. You, this is his job. I mean, he is a VP of this union. He is supposed to ask mm-hmm. these questions. I okay, that fair was enough. But also in Woj's article, it says that Kyrie is relishing the clash, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just the editors there. Woj yep. kind of, it was a little bit of a hit piece on Kyrie, no doubt. Yep. But what he did was important. The conversations have started happening and we're hearing about the conversations. So, um, you know, he could have said a lot of dumb stuff in the past, which he has, but he's right on on this one so we gotta i mean you might not like hearing it from kyrie irving but even people you don't like can be right sometimes yeah and he definitely it disrupted on the athletic as well because it's the most commented article <laughs> in a long time on the nba page even though the article was or the uh, the headline was you know pretty above board sources reveal details of call among 80 nba players led by kyrie irving people want to read about kyrie and and they want to read what they think is juicy type yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Lee, do you think we ultimately do restart this season with all of this going on, that it still does happen in the end? I think so, yes, but yeah. I'm not 100% convinced for sure um, because not only is, is there a sort of disputes here going on between the league and the players, but we're also seeing a spike in coronavirus cases in Florida right near where the uh, proposed bubble is going to be and also... We're learning that the workers who will be down there aren't subject to the bubble regulations of not being able to leave. So there are going to be people coming and going who aren't confined to just where the NBA players and and everyone associated with the league is. So I think there's there's some concern about that because I know that uh, Florida, I'm pretty sure now, has fully opened, reopened even though that's probably not the best thing to do. So there's a chance that uh, that, that this could get shut down anyway based on that. Um, I think yeah, everybody... And, just, and sorry to jump in there, Lee. Maybe six yeah. and a half weeks is enough time for the NBA to change their policy and, and hire enough people to not exit the bubble. Maybe these conversations are lead to different dynamics medically as well. Sorry to cut you off, but I, no, think, yeah. I think this it's a good thing, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, but that, that's that's the thing. That's something that needs to be addressed. And I think, again, right. this is kind of the big picture of what Kyrie's talking about is like, is it going to be safe? Because it doesn't feel safe, I don't think, to anybody if you've got people who could potentially be exposed to the virus not being tested, being around the players. So that that's another uh, thing for the, for the uh, league to sort out and to come up with an answer that is satisfactory to all the players. So I think ultimately I'm about 80-20 right now that, that something will happen. I'm not sure if it will go the entire time, but mm-hmm. um, I feel that the league and the players are going to do everything possibly can to get something going. Um, but there's still, you know, six weeks is a long time in some ways, but it's not very long in other ways in terms of making sure that all of these issues have been resolved in time uh, prior to the season starting, and then all the players are on board and happy with it, and then it goes ahead as planned. So um, I think so, I hope so, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say I'm 100% certain that it's going to go ahead. 
Yeah. There, there is a lot at stake if the players do back out completely. If they come together as a union and say no for whatever reason, be it health issues with the virus, um, you know, worried about once basketball starts back up that the Black Lives Matter just totally takes a back seat and they're concerned about that. If they all back out, like there is a lot of money that they would lose. And then you've read, I'm sure, that, well, this could mean a lot more even going forward if the CBA is basically ripped up and it's back to the drawing board. Well, you know, then, then you know, they have a great relationship, uh, Michelle Roberts and the Players Union with, uh, you know, and, and the board members like Chris Paul and all them with the league and Silver. But, you don't know, you never know in negotiations, like, the owners could want more money back now. And they've lost a ton of money too. Like, I'm not going to cry for billionaires by any means, but... They're the reason they're billionaires. They like money. Uh, and, and they're usually good at Has there been any it. talk of if the owners are going to be in the bubble? Because I think that would change things probably. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so, Trey. Um, well, no, it seems like not. the quotes from the players are, hey, we're going down there, but the owners aren't. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. It right, seems right. like. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, again, like I do, th- I, I'm with you, Lee. Maybe I'm even a little higher than your 80% of this, uh, of it tipping off again. I think it will happen. I think it was Sirat Sohi with Yahoo Sports, who said, and it really sort of clicked in my mind, she's like, they approved back in June, early June, they approved, they didn't approve a season, they approved a scenario. <laughs> they said, like, when they had that first, first meeting, they're like, okay, yeah, in theory, we're on board to, you know, obviously recoup some money that we would obviously be losing, both the owners and the players, and I'm like, let's do this, but we're not signing on the dotted line, like, okay, lock it in, let's move forward. Um, in, in getting everything that we want to feel comfortable restarting the season. And that's, you know, I think she, she put it so great. She's like, never trot out the yellow championship rope until the game's <laughs> been won. And maybe we were doing that. Maybe we were putting out the yellow rope there, thinking like, yeah, season's back. But there's a lot yeah. to uh, figure out here still. But it was hard not to. Uh, not, and oh, we yeah. all knew what was going on. But I think they, were, they made that announcement um, with, with the idea that that would make everybody click that all right we got to get ready for this because mm-hmm. without it it they people wouldn't have people wouldn't have started to get ready and they knew we've talked about it before as soon as they make an announcement they open themselves to criticism about every single regulation that they're doing so you could call it a um whatever you want to call it a scenario or situation but as soon as you make an announcement that hey we're coming back and and everywhere is saying we are back well of course they're going to be criticized for everything that they're doing in terms of the pandemic Mm -hmm. there was this also uh this little nugget from shams in his friday column the nba pa's leadership stated it is believed no fans will be permitted into games for the entire 2020-21 season so we know they're going to be trying to do the bubble thing in orlando but shams is saying like the the union thinks there's not even going to be fans next year uh if if that season obviously uh tips off in December or in the, in the calendar, new calendar year and stuff like that. Like, and, and, and I, and I bring that up because again, what is it? It's believed to be like the league loses basically 40% um, mm-hmm. of their money and, in, in, in having no tickets to obviously put fans in, into the arena. So like what a hit, I mean, this is just the ramifications on not only whether we'd finish this season, but moving forward. And if we do get a CBA, I mean, it's not far-fetched. Again, the relationship they have is strong, but that there is a stoppage of play, I think, um, unfortunately, at some point. A lockout or whatever you want to call it because, mm. 
there's a lot of money. Well, just 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 the restart. I, I think the restart is the biggest question right now. You know, the December one sort of uh, goal. I just think that's unlikely. If mm-hmm. you're playing in a bubble up until October, that uh, that people will be able to travel around and move around from city to city. The players I'm talking about here, um, as they do during a normal regular season. I just don't think that would be happening by December. So I think it's possible that the season does just get pushed back uh, until perhaps February or March even of next year even that doesn't you know I mean, that's only still another two or three months so who, who knows exactly what's going to happen because I, if the bubble works then that's great but if the bubble doesn't work then it's really hard to see how the league would even be able to restart again within you know six months I think yeah, who knows? Yeah, I was surprised to see that people caught on to this no fans thing as a huge piece of news because Adam Silver said the same thing in May in, yep. in the same meeting where he was talking about fans being 40% of the revenue. And that's the entire reason there are 22 teams in the bubble. If they were yep. concerned about self and self health and safety, mm-hmm. uh, there would be 16 teams maximum. Maybe there would be two teams if they really wanted to have a champion to the end of the NBA season, uh, they wouldn't be sending an extra 300, 500 people, but that's a lot more money to make. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not surprising to me that there could be no fans in an arena for 2021. I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable being inside with 20,000 people, but you see the videos of Las Vegas opening up and surely they would be able to sell 20,000 seats to people who would want to be there. But at least in that case, it seems like the league is putting safety first if they're going to uh, ban fans for an entire season. Yeah. What did you all make, uh, Taft, start with you, of Patrick Beverly's tweet, I guess it was, his comments, basically. <laughs> hey, if LeBron's hooping, then we're hooping as a league. I mean, it's a, he's ultimately going to decide this. Uh, now, we know Beverly and LeBron sort of have their past little flare-ups. What did you think of his comments? It's pretty honest. It's, it seems like uh, LeBron's a leader and that what he says carries the most weight of the mm-hmm. 450 players in the league, which is true, <laughs> especially with uh, everything he's doing off the court. Uh, surprising. We got a little Clippers-Lakers rivalry that they're going to be going up against each other, you know, hopefully for them in the, in the conference finals. Um, so surprising, but also pretty accurate, I think. <laughs> you agree with that, Lee? Yeah, I think for the most part that's accurate. I don't think that would mean everyone across the board would just hop on and say, yeah, okay, well, LeBron's saying it. But I think it certainly would get uh, the league started. But I can still see a couple of guys holding out because, you know, some some of the younger people aren't maybe as enamored with LeBron and don't feel he has that same sort of power as some of the more senior guys do. Um, so I can just sort of see someone saying, no, I'm not going just because LeBron said it's safe. I want to go if yeah. the health, health and safety experts say it's safe and if the league has proven that it will be a safe uh, venture for us. So, uh, But certainly he carries the most weight within the league. There's no question about that. His voice is the strongest and the most influential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if LeBron had come out and said... Now is not the time to be playing basketball, and I and I don't I don't want to, and I'm not going. Then wow, then yes. it's like then mm-hmm. you're then then you're trying to yeah. Good luck trying to convince me Silver in the league actually restarts without him. <laughs> I For just, sure, I For just sure. couldn't see it. Yeah, so I do buy the, yeah. the tweet as well, Trey. I assume you do yeah. too. Yeah, I 100% agree with Patrick Beverly. LeBron is going to basically set the agenda, and it will be up to the other players to decide if they are willing to do the same that he is. Because even in all this reporting we've seen um, from the Zoom calls and the additional discussion, there's still been little hints that, you know, there might not even be a significant group of players ready to sit out. Or some of the players that are on the call want to keep listening and hearing what everybody's saying, but they would still lean towards playing in Orlando. Meanwhile... Michelle Roberts and LeBron are both saying 
we're figuring out how we can use our influence to enhance and move the movement forward, whether by playing or by not playing. You know, they're still thinking of ways to address systemic racism from the bubble or outside of the bubble. So, you know, if LeBron, it, if LeBron is setting the agenda, surely people are going to follow him since he's the biggest voice there. But there will be people who don't want to hop on board, and that's completely fine, too. Everybody needs to make their own decisions. Tass, I will tell you, I found the quote, finally. Whoa. It was Whoa. in a Chris Haynes article. Kyrie oh. said, if it's worth the risk, then let's go and do it. But if you're not with, okay, if you're not with it, it's okay, too. We've got options for both ways. Let's just come to a middle ground as a family. Not, so it's still there. It exists. It's still there. It's still there. Sorry, sorry to sort of put that on uh, the the authors we talked about earlier. Is just so many articles. I yeah, guess. Yeah, trying to it. keep mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Trying yeah. to keep up. So All do you right. think? Do you think this the union will literally just have a straight up vote, <laughs> uh, or not even a, like? I guess they would at some point to ultimately decide once they because there are reports that they have a lot of this information that we might see a little bit later this week. Like they have this 125 page document about the safety protocols and they have all this other stuff, what you can and can't do. Like, will they just straight up have a vote? Um, all right. Do you want to go? Do you feel Do you feel content with this plan that the league is putting forward to resume play? And then, you know, they get a majority vote and they say, okay, I guess we're, we've decided as a union we're playing. Um, we're fine with what you're putting in, in front of us. And then it's up to the personal player themselves to decide whether they go or not. I think ultimately that's probably what they're going to have to do is then because the uh, representatives spoke on behalf of the entire league, but now we're hearing these senior guys like Carmelo saying everyone deserves a voice. Yeah. So I think ultimately they probably do now go back and say, okay, everyone, let's vote on it um, with the understanding that we're not going to get 100%, but we, if we get 80% or whatever the sort of figure is, even if it's only 50% or 51%, then that's the decision we go ahead with. Yeah. Uh, because and then I you think, make I think your that's... own personal opinion on whether you go. Exactly, yeah. Um, but I think that's ultimately probably what's happened a little bit is some people are saying, well, not everyone in the, not every player is getting an equal chance here to speak. So let's go back and give them an equal chance. And, uh, and, and then I think you're going to have a little bit more sort of an understanding from the players exactly what the split is um, and, and how significant it is. Because I think, I, I think you would get a, an overwhelming majority, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, quite a few guys were just sort of like, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity to, to make a stand and to sit out. I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will see. A lot will change, I'm sure, in the uh, next... Six and a half weeks? Oh, my God. By, you can lock that in. It's going to change in six and a half weeks, let alone a week. So we'll, uh, we'll keep you up to date. All right, we got more NBA headlines still to address. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsors. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, then you know I'm not the cleanest guy. But I'm also not a liar, which is why last night I took a shower using every Hawthorne grooming product I could get my hands on. We're talking body wash and body lotion, a facial cleanser and facial lotion anti-fridge shampoo and calming conditioner, an all-natural deodorant and some cologne. That's right, I washed my hair and wore deodorant for you, the No Dunks listener, just so I could bring you an accurate ad read. And let me just say, I was smelling like a straight-up king last night, striding (laughs) through the house with a scent of success in my pelt. I made Laura call me Hawthorne the Great the entire (laughs) evening, and even she couldn't help but admit my pits smelled terrific and my hair looked legitimately sensational. All you have to do to elevate yourself above scumbag status is go to Hawthorne.co and take a two-minute quiz to find out which products are right for you. It's totally risk-free, and you get free shipping and free returns. 
Plus, if you go to Hawthorne.co and use our promo code NODUNKS, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O and promo code NODUNKS for 10% off your first order. So you're all fresh and clean, are you? I'm still smelling great. A few hours later. Eh, 12 hours later. <laughs> it's amazing. I can't wait till I get to do a Hawthorne ad read. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm super excited. People have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash nodunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash nodunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. You came in with the breeze and Sunday scaries. Been wanting to do that for a while now. Sunday scaries are specially formulated CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that are super consumable and easy to take on the go. The specially formulated CBD products can help in all sorts of ways. Chilling out, decompressing, trying my shoes on for a change, turning on the light. Get 25% off your first order with the code no doubt. Just kidding. The code is no dunks at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com and enter the code no dunks where it asks for a coupon on the checkout page. Find out what product might be best for you. Go to sundayscaries.com and use the code no dunks. And by the way, I, for 39 years, I guess, as long as the song has been out, I always thought they said you came in with the freaks instead of you came in with the breeze on Sunday morning or Sunday morning. I didn't didn't know that. That's new to me. Anyway, Sunday Scaries, guys. They're awesome. Okay, our next one here, next headline. Look, this is sort of old, I'll be honest, but uh, we didn't talk about it in great detail, so I'm interested to get your thoughts, guys. Yahoo Sports. Spurs star LaMarcus Aldridge has surgery, won't play when the NBA returns. So Aldridge, if we get this season restarting, he's going to be missing it, Um, having surgery on his right shoulder. I thought the interesting part from this, though, this procedure happened on April 24th. (laughs) And uh, classic Spurs that they could just like sort of sit on this news until we see the headline. Um, But yeah, what do you think, Tass? Were you surprised at all that we... that LaMarcus Aldridge will not be because we know the Spurs will be one of those 22 teams that should be there in theory, but he won't be. I guess they wanted, wanted to be invited to the bubble first, and then they uh, dropped the news and said, yeah. <laughs> Marcus Aldridge hates Disney. Sorry, he had surgery a month and a half ago. Yeah, it stinks. Uh, but yeah, it was a shocker. It came out of nowhere. These, these injuries, even Boyan Bogdanovich's injury with Utah Spurs, mm-hmm. Utah Spurs, the Utah Jazz <laughs> having uh, season-ending wrist surgery, 
seemingly out of nowhere. It's sometimes, I guess, because we do a daily show and, and injuries are injuries and keep guys out, we forget that guys are just playing with lingering injuries. And uh, yeah. I guess they make decisions um, you know, about their home bodies as they, as they should. And that came out of nowhere, though. I don't remember hearing about either of those injuries, really, Aldridge's or Bullion's. Yeah, that makes me wonder if this these two are just the first kind of start of these small surgeries on teams that, you know, could be a, a playoff team or in the Jazz's uh, case, maybe be a dark horse title contender. But these are nagging injuries that are that you would keep playing through during a standard NBA season. But if you've got four months off and it's going to be safer for you from a health standpoint to have your surgery and avoid the bubble, I, I would not be surprised if we see more of these little minor surgeries getting ready for the next season. Yeah. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's classic Spurs, though. Yeah, like you said earlier, that yeah, no one really knew what was going on, and then all of a sudden it comes back, and it's like, oh, Lamarcus had surgery, by the way, so he's not going. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, you know, again, that the chase or the race for the Spurs, will they keep their playoff streak alive, is really the uh, most interesting part of the San Antonio <laughs> season if if it goes ahead. And uh, without Lamarcus, I think that makes it more difficult, but. Of course, the Spurs, we know what they're one of the things they're most renowned for is that sort of next person up mentality. So, you know, they never make any excuses. They'll be going out there competing uh, as they normally would and expecting to have results and success. Teenage Mutant Jakob Pertle. Teenage Mutant Jakob Pertle. Yeah, I'm excited. I love me some Jakob And he's saying, too, we're going to be getting a lot more uh, a lot more of a chance if the season kicks off. Him and Trey Lyles. I mean, you know, good Canadian boy. Um, yeah, Is Teenage the, Mutant Ninja the Turtles a Disney property? Uh, I don't wow. think so. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, anyway, he will, uh, he'll be getting the minutes if they get a chance to try and extend that postseason streak the Spurs say by the way that Aldridge is expected to be fully cleared for all basketball activities before the start of training camp next season whenever the Mm. hell that is but so yeah they've decided all right so like the chances were probably slim as it was this is at a time in late April they may have been like who knows if we were were even coming back right Mm. Um, yeah and and like maybe yeah at one hand you think you might want to wait if you were the Spurs to find out like oh maybe it will just be a straight up play in tournament and then your chances are better Um, but yeah. Then they find out, well, you got to be within four games to even force this little playing game. Oh, yeah, then you got to win twice in a row, and that'll just get you the eighth seed, and you're likely playing the Lakers. So, man, yeah, they're like, yeah, screw it. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're not going to be winning the championship this year, so let's just get Aldridge healthy. And he's still under contract. He's obviously worrying about himself. Yep, next forward. year is a contract year for yeah. him. He's getting older. That's going to be yeah. the last serious deal he signs, so better be healthy to get that money. Yeah, And, and right. he was supposed to have a... We had a partial guarantee for next year that was supposed to be, I believe it was a little bit later, but they bumped it up and just guaranteed him the rest mm-hmm. of the, the the year next year, which was kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, just because? I mean, that doesn't... Well, he's had a weird situation there in San Antonio, because remember, they, they basically tried to trade him, I think, and then they in, instead turned around and signed him to an extension. You know, Pop wasn't thrilled with him for a while, and then, I don't know, they went out to dinner. And it all turned around for him. So, uh, Elvino did yeah. flow. Yeah. <laughs> That's where deals get made. But yeah. uh, we just talked about the Jazz briefly. I'm a little surprised that Donovan Mitchell's quote in Sham Sharanya's article on The Athletic from that Zoom call didn't get a little bit more press because Donovan Mitchell expressed concerns about playing 
and potentially getting injured because he's a potential max player next year. Yeah. He, he said, uh, we're, you know, we're kind of behind the eight ball if we got to go out there and play and maybe get injured. And to me, I mean, that's, that's just about the dollars, which listen, you got to worry about your, your, your high earning years for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that we're taking a big injury risk. Wasn't more of a, a headline somewhere. Nobody really, nobody really talking about that. Well, yeah. apparently, according to Woj, those guys at the top of the 2017 draft class are now talking with the NBA Players Association about, quote, facilitating with the league on insurance allowances for players because it's going to be hard to go play playoff basketball after being off for four months. Right, yeah, right. Smart. With, with the risk that you get injured and then miss out potentially right. on a gigantic mm-hmm. payday. Yeah, your, your, your first huge real paycheck in the league. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to keep your eye on that. All right, next one here, guys. This one's from Heat Nation. Report. The Miami Heat could potentially acquire DeMarcus Cousins for playoff run. All right, we're actually talking a little basketball here. Uh, what do you think, Lee? I know this sort of is this rumor's been out there. I feel like for like for a long time, Cousins linked to potentially going to the Heat. Yeah, Cousins is a big name still. I mean, we know he's a, an all-star player at his best, but really, uh, if it was to happen, I'm just not sure he'd be any more than sort of an insurance policy sort of guy on the bench because he just hasn't played for so long he missed basically all of last season uh with an acl then he came back for the warriors in the playoffs and and he tore up his quad and so he just hasn't played in in long enough for me to think that he could have a major impact on that team if he was to come back but he's a big body he's a smart player um so even if it's only a few fill-in minutes now and then he could he could potentially do something but um otherwise i don't really see it being um a significant impact for the Heat, really, because I just haven't seen him play. And when he has played, you know, when we saw him come back for the Warriors last year, he just looked rusty as as to be expected for a guy who's missed so much basketball. So, um, you know, but but he, he's a name that attracts sort of interest. Um, and if you can get anything out of him in short bursts, then it will be a bonus for the Heat. I can see it happening next year when they have a training camp to try and you know, get him warm and get him playing basketball again. But he had... An Achilles injury, a quad injury, and an ACL injury basically within a year and a half. And when he came back, he's DeMarcus Cousins-like for sure. And he made a a tiny bit of an impact even after tearing that quad at the beginning of the playoffs coming into the NBA Finals. made a tiny impact against the Raptors, but he's just Mm -hmm. slow as molasses. So are you just going to throw him out there with the Miami Heat right now when you barely have time to to work it out? Are the three weeks of camp enough? I don't think so. I think you got to... You got to do it next year, but I can see, sort of, from a basketball standpoint, maybe he can be the the fulcrum of our bench uh, because they don't have a lot of like, hey, here's the ball, go get it type guys. Uh, right. they, you know, but he could three point shooters could work around him. Maybe Bam could work around him too. But uh, it's just it's too quick, and the guy's got has had a ton of injuries, you know, and really frequently in the last year and a half. Yeah, but it's also not going to cost them very much. Ira Winderman is speculating that to open a roster spot, the Heat would either cut Solomon Hill, Udonis Haslam, or Chris Silver or Chris Silva. Udonis Haslam is obviously a Heat legend. They're probably not going to drop him in the middle of a season. Silva, they just signed to an extension. Yeah. It'd be Solomon Hill. I yeah. mean, like you're not really losing much in a trade off if Solomon Hill is cut and you're bringing in Demarcus Cousins, even if he's been out of out of NBA basketball basically for a year. You know, you you take the chance that he's going to have a double-double in a playoff game. You're probably not going to be getting that from Solomon Hill regardless. Yeah. So long, Solomon. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Trey. Um, if he's good to go and he wants to to try and play, um, yeah, you're not giving up a lot to throw him on your roster there. You you never know if well, suddenly, especially we don't know with the, you know, this basketball that could be played. Who's to say? Unfortunately, a guy like Bam or Myers Leonard or one of your bigs, like I don't know, something happens to the to the, their body because they're not ready to play playoff basketball. You might need all these guys you can so. There's an option where there suddenly is minutes for a guy like DeMarcus Cousins. And, man, I would love to see Cousins in for the in the long run with a team like the Heat and that physical training squad and getting sort of what they could do with him if once they got their hands on him. Um, just turning these guys into just incredible, incredible athletes um, time and time again. He's pretty cool. That's um, a great point, Skeets. I remember years ago David Thorpe said DeMarcus Cousins needed to lose 50 pounds. And I thought that was insane, but as we've seen – Throughout his career, you know, he has had some injuries to yeah. the lower legs. Perhaps losing 50 pounds would do him some good as he recovers from these uh, catastrophic injuries. And there's yeah. nobody better than the Heat. Even yeah. if you're signing on with the Heat to be a part of their training staff for, you know, three or four months, that probably is very helpful if you're recovering from an injury. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, our final headline is from ESPN. John Morant asks Judge to have Confederate monument removed from Murray. Um, I'll read a small part of it. Quote, as a young black man, I cannot stress enough how disturbing and oppressive it is to know the city still honors a Confederate war general defending white supremacy and hatred. This monument is of Robert E. Lee. It was erected in 1917 to honor Confederate soldiers. Um, and it sits outside the courthouse there, like a majority of these do. Tass, what do you think of this? This is a young kid in John Morant, um, you know, writing this letter. What's, what's your opinion on, on the matter? Uh, it's just, just huge, huge kudos of the bravery of, of a kid uh, to put that on his shoulders. Uh, and you know he's going to receive a lot of hatred, uh, as people do who uh, who have issues with these Confederate statues. So, I mean, really, really, really impressive from a young person. And the second thing, I think, oh, Murray is an actual place. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Mur- Murray, Kentucky. Yeah, that exists. Uh, so, right. huge, huge kudos to uh, to John Moran, it's uh, it's unbelievable for for a really young person to be able to uh, to put his neck on the line like that. Mm. Yeah, so well written. You know, got to the point. He wasn't rude. He wasn't disrespectful or anything like that. Just made his point and said, "This doesn't belong here." And, uh, and yeah, he's like, "This this is a thing that celebrates racism." That's what it is. Exactly. That's what, the, that's what these yep. statues are. They, they weren't put up five years ago. They're put up in basically in the Jim Crow era. And they are a message to black people about white power and where they are in society, the social mm-hmm. order of everything. Can take them down, and, uh, and hell yeah, John Morant. You've seen you've seen a lot of these statues just being ripped down by people in the street, and I'm fine with that. But I'm also like, give the you know he's basically giving the government there a chance to do it without it having been torn down by people who are just sure. outraged by these things. So I think again, that's a very smart thing that uh, John Morant's done. He said he's, he's expressed his position on it, and he doesn't want it to be one of those things that says you know we'll talk about this and we'll get to it in in months or years time. He's like, do it now, do it right now, show it, show some leadership. And uh, I think that's a really really strong statement from Jar. And just to, again. He's not just out there, you know, playing basketball. He's trying to make an impact and use his platform and his voice. And I think that's really admirable for a young guy. Yeah, only 20 years old and he's brave enough to speak up. Uh, That's why it's so important 
to bring things all around what Kyrie do, Irving and Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard are doing, people are finding their voices and they're encouraging these people uh, to to speak their truth, to say what they mean and what they think needs to change. And it's just awesome to see from so many people throughout the NBA family. Um, you know, next, what's Sandblast Stone Mountain? We don't yeah. need that anymore. You know, there's, uh, there's laws that have to be changed locally before they can actually do anything to it, but... Hopefully that's next on the list. Absolutely. All right, we'll call it there. Coming up this week, here are our plans, guys. We're going to talk to the Ringers' Dan Devine tomorrow about the eight teams not headed to Disney. Yeah, he had uh, our good friend Dan Devine had two great articles last week looking at the the big questions sort of facing those teams now that they are officially done for the year. We still don't know, of course, if the season is actually going to restart. We think it will, but those eight teams, we know they're not going. Um, you know, I'm talking about your Warriors and your Cavs and your Hornets and your Pistons and so on. So I, I thought those were great. Wow, you're articles. snubbing the Bulls even uh, when we're sorry. talking about the yeah. delete eight, man. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Hey, Ugh. Look, we'll give we'll give you plenty of time to talk to Dan Devine about his thoughts on the Bulls. Uh, I'm good, actually. Forward. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I thought it'd be a we thought it would be a fun little uh, podcast to like. Oh yeah, what about those teams? Because there are a lot of questions uh, surrounding them. So we'll we'll do a little deep dive with Dan Devine on Tuesday's podcast talking to him about that, those articles. We're obviously going to hit the beach at some point this week. I already told you, so email your questions and your comments into nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc, hashtag nodunks. We do still have plans to hit you with a silly, a really silly squad episode. Um, I know I teased this a few weeks ago and we never got around to it last week. I apologize. I saw some people like getting upset with me on Twitter and emailing it. Where's that squad you promised us? Jeez. It's all right. I gotta... You're right. You're right. I shouldn't have said anything if we, if we weren't ready to go with it. But we will eventually get around to a recording uh, that squad episode and we'll get it up. Uh, and a lot more. So keep subscribed. Obviously, keep sharing the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, in the words of Michael Lee on The Athletic, Kyrie Irving isn't being an agitator. He's doing his job. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.